Hi, and welcome to Dot Grid, a podcast at the intersection of analog and digital. I am one of your hosts, Will Fengi, and I am joined, as I always am, by my co-host, Mr. Andy Welfley. Andy, how are things on the West Coast? They're pretty good, just starting to get dark today. Yeah, that must be nice. I woke up in the dark this morning. I got home in the dark this evening. It is, I guess, if they told me it was daylight here, I would have to believe them. Uh, Neither of my classrooms have windows. Oh, man. So if I didn't get to leave the building at noon, I wouldn't see sunlight for about four months out of the year. So it would be like Alaska. Oh, boy. Do, uh, are you at all affected by the blizzard that's supposed to be going through? No, we have some some cool sleet, uh, cool sleet, some frozen precipitation falling right now, but I am not nearly lucky enough to have anything accumulate to the point that I would be able to miss a day of work tomorrow, and I'm guessing that it was a beautiful 65 and sunny in the Bay Area again today. Um, yeah, I was around, around there. It got a little cloudy in the afternoon, so oh, there's that. Oh, goodness. And uh, yesterday we went kind of to explore some of the Bayshore, so uh, we saw people fishing, and we saw some boats, and it was it was fun. Uh, I, I did see your uh, play on Greetings from the Bay on Instagram yesterday, <laughs> so... Uh, I, I'm not usually the BAE Bay user very often, but... I have discovered there's room for a lot of, of fun puns when you live in the Bay, and you are on the Bay with your Bay, and uh, people I, really probably don't want to hear two 30-something white guys talking about Bay. I, <laughs> see, I feel like every once in a while I can get away with it because I use it sarcastically in front of my students, and they're like, no, no, Mr. Fengi, just that right. stop. <laughs> no, that's not, how, that's not how that works. They love it when I call it the internets or the Google. <laughs> So I sound like a real old person. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I call it the Twitters as well. I used to, um, uh. my sister is much younger than me. She's 16. And I used to uh, adopt the word ratchet and uh, use it toward things. And she finally just was like, Andy, you're not using that word correctly. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that reference before. So I'm glad that uh, there's something out there that is cooler than me. Uh, that, that makes we me happy. We should look up the definition of ratchet. I, I think it's PG-13 enough for to put it in show notes. Okay, no, you. We'll, we'll put that in show notes if you want to try to. Yeah, I. I love that you've shown that for Urban Dictionary oh, yeah. well, because I'm obviously. pretty sure if I look that up elsewhere, <laughs> I wonder if that's a. I wonder if that's a cultural thing. You and your crazy Midwest people. Um, were you originally from Indiana? I guess I can ask that now, and then we'll move on. I to, am. I was uh, born and raised in Fort Wayne. So. Uh, oh, this is a big change for oh, you. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it is so a rat, ratchet is a diva mostly from urban cities and ghettos that has reason to believe she is every man's eye candy. Unfortunately, she is wrong. <laughs> Would be the actual definition of ratchet. That's pretty wonderful. <laughs> I'm going to use that around my kids and see how that how that goes. What you should do is use it uh, specifically, well not specifically, you should apply it toward like Oh, if like your pencil sharpener is not working right, you should talk about how this pencil sharpener is ratchet. Just use it to mean kind of broke down. Uh, That's yes, I will do that. But uh, yeah, uh, in fact, it's specifically for uh, ladies who think they're all that, but actually are not. That's the most. <laughs> that's such a great definition. They think they are not. They think they're all that, but they are not. But they are not. <laughs> um. So now that you've turned into the pre, now you've tuned into the pre-show for Dot Grid. Uh, welcome back to Dot Grid with Will and Andy. Uh, we'll talk about the things you came to hear about now. Um, they didn't. They didn't come to hear about teenager slang. Uh, 
I feel like maybe that that's a different vertical. Maybe that's a, a different podcast we could start here. I could interview a different one <laughs> on the regular. We are the Nerd Uprising Network uh, experts on teenager slang. Yes, I think it's which safe is to say. unfortunate yes. <laughs> for everyone else uh, listening or everyone else on the network. Um, speaking of everyone else, this is what we call an awkward segue. I, I think that uh, was really good. Thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, we did want to say thank you to everyone who had positive feedback for us on Twitter and on Facebook this week um, or and, and last week after the show was released. I'm not going to say everything blew up because that is that a thing the kids are saying? I feel like we I'm should sure. know. Yeah, I should, uh, I should probably know. Them. I'm just going to say yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. We're going to go with that. Yeah. Um, we did gather a, a good number of followers and have some really nice people say some really nice things. Got um, a couple of links via well-appointed desk and the cramped. So if you are joining us because you found about us that way, found out about us that way, thank you very much. Um, you put in some legwork making sure that uh, some people in relatively high places said some really nice things. So whatever you paid them, thank you. Oh, no problem. I, I usually... Um just pay them for the gold bars that I have laying around my house. So that's good. You just took that out of the business account, I assume. I did. I did. <laughs> the the super flush business account. I usually use it for uh, rent, San Francisco rent, as we talked about in uh, stuff and things. But uh, oh god, yeah. oh, I can, thank you. I my dinner had just settled, and now I'm nauseated again <laughs> thinking about how much you pay for rent. Three grand. That's ridiculous. Um. <laughs> So, yeah, we did get some really good feedback on Twitter and on Facebook this week. We are very appreciative for that. Uh, if you like what you're hearing on the show and you think you know somebody that somebody else that might want to listen to it or might be interested, please, please, please tell them about the podcast because that's what I do this for. So more people in the world can hear me ramble on and on and on about things that I love. Thank you for putting up with me, Andy. I appreciate that. No problem at all. I'm trying to think of um, what the opposite of Ratchet would be. Oh. And I just, I don't, see, I don't know enough about it. Uh, I'm going to have to, I'll, you know what? Follow up. Yeah. Immediate follow up. We're going to look into that. I'll ask my resident experts. And by that, I mean the 13 <laughs> year olds that I see tomorrow. And we'll try to figure out if we can come up with an, uh, w- with an opposite of ratchet. If at the very least I teach the gifted, we should be able to make something up. Yeah. Oh, you um, know what? You know what? I'm going to go ahead. Um, I just looked at the urban dictionary trending words. Uh-huh. And have you ever heard fleek? F L E E K. I haven't, but I think I found something else that's going into the show notes. <laughs> it is uh, it is on point. So something like, girl, your eyebrows are on fleek. On fleek? fleek. Not just fleek, it's on fleek? Uh, that's according to, um, according to the sentence that they use for context. Uh, oh. I'm using that tomorrow then. I'm going to see what the kids have to say about it. They're going to be like, Mr. Fengi, are you having a stroke? <laughs> uh, and I'll say possibly. Um... Speaking of Twitter, speaking of Facebook, got a lot of feedback on our topic of the week this week, which is journaling. Uh, Mr. Andy Welfley came up with this on the fly last week. Is there a particular reason you wanted to go this direction with it? There was, and I, for the life of me, I don't remember why. I think it was, I think we were talking about... Oh, you know what? The, yeah. They said they were talking a week or two a week or two ago on Pen Addict about how many notebooks people carry, and I yeah. put a picture in the Slack of the seventeen different notebooks I use on a regular basis. Yeah, and then I asked you kind of like if you had a system, what you use them for, and and we were like, oh, that that sounds like a good topic. So yeah, and we posted put up a bunch of questions that neither of us have answers to. Yeah. We and we we also yes uh, last week on Erasable talked about. Um, pocket notebooks specifically and yeah. what kind of what we do with each of them. So a little bit of is borrowed from there. Um, but, but definitely we were talking more about the mechanics of 
pocket notebook specifically. And of course, you know, in Dot Grid, we d- don't just talk about analog too. We will be talking about some um, computerized uh, journaling as well. Computerized, digitized things. Um, and I find that when I was doing my research for this and putting some ideas together for this, it was two different ends of the spectrum as far as digital went. It was either plain text. Oh, yeah. Or day one. Yeah. Basically, and it was there was really not a whole lot of of stuff there in between. Um, do you journal on a regular basis at all? Um, so that is kind of my dirty secret is I, I have really good intentions and I always mean to and I'm I'm bad at it. I uh, I usually will. So maybe we should just kind of start off talking about like how often and what um, what systems we we personally have. Um, okay, and to kind of dis- describe it, do you, do you want to go first or should I go first? Um, you know what, you're on a roll. Just All keep right. it going. So I am very, very bad about being consistent in journaling. I, uh, I know that I, I have kept a journal off and on throughout. Oh man, forever as far as I can remember. Um, ever since I sort of had the buying power to buy my own notebooks. Um. So I, before I discovered, you know, anything else besides moleskin, I used to just buy a, like a little moleskin and carry it around with me. And I, at one point I thought I was going to be a fiction writer, uh, and I would carry around and put down story ideas or little snippets of dialogue or something that I, I thought about. And, um, I was, <laughs> I was really bad at that. The only one I ever kind of kept, uh, with any good, um, with any regularity. Do, do you remember, did you guys ever have a borders where you were? Yeah, yeah, no, um, I, yeah, Borders and Books a Million and Barnes and Noble, that was all the yeah. big, everyone's going back to the bookstore rush of the late 90s, early aughts. Yeah, I, um, I, that's around that same time period I bought this really beautiful, uh, green silk covered notebook that I used to, uh, write kind of a short story in and I used it for some thoughts and things like that. So I had that, um, that one, I never filled it up, but I think I damaged it somehow. Um, and I just sort of transitioned to um, a couple different paper notebooks, and eventually I found, and I'm not going to remember the name of it, it was by Mariner Software. Um, it was kind of a precursor to day one. Like, I wouldn't okay. say that it, I mean, it, it definitely used kind of the early OS X uh, design language and kind of feeling about it. Um, but it was called oh, I wonder, Mac Journal. Um, okay, that seems appropriate for the operating system you use. Yeah, and um, I'll I'll put a link to this in show notes. Um, I wonder, you know, I haven't seen a screenshot of this for a long. Yeah, it still looks kind of crappy. <laughs> um, it, it very much just kind of looks like the native, just like Mac OS X um, design, and I feel like I'm in a Finder window when I'm writing in it. Um, and <laughs> but it's familiar. Yeah, and and honestly, like it maybe it has changed in the. Uh, 10 years, wow, since I probably used this. That is quite the interim. One would hope that they would update it a little bit. And I'm looking at the screenshots on the website, and it doesn't seem like it's a whole lot different. Um, Maybe they've been improving the back end. Yeah, hopefully. Let's let's, let's hope with that, yeah. Um, So I used that. It was was pretty good. Um, I Hold on a second here. Um, When I discovered field notes and, and really discovered... You know, different ones than the Kraft Brownfield notes. Um, I think it was when America the Beautiful came out. And I just really, really loved that paper. It was very thick um, and very kind of creamy. It looked just really nice. Um, works great with a pencil or a fountain pen. Um, I started, and it had lines instead of the graph, which I usually used, uh, kind of wide lines. I was like, I'm going to just keep a journal in here. So um, kind of borrowing from, I'm trying to remember what article I read it in somewhere. Uh, they talk about how they... 
uh, usually journal in the mornings rather than in the uh, evenings, uh, just because their brain's just kind of starting up rather than just kind of shutting down for the night. Um, and so I would basically just try to fill up a page in a field notes um, notebook, which which isn't much, uh, no, especially that's about, with my. You end up going through what about a notebook a month? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's 38 pages, so yeah, just over a month. Um, and I kept one specifically for that. First it was a America the Beautiful, then it was a Shelterwood. Um, and I would just try to record just like a little bit. Um, and uh, shortly after that, um, I discovered something called Day One. And uh, I'm trying to remember which came first. I think for me, actually, the... No, I had the, the uh, iOS version first. And I was like, this is gorgeous this is really cool and i think i heard they were um they had the mac version but they were actively accepting uh beta testers uh for future versions so i think i tweeted the company and just was like hey i work at a web development agency and i'm interested in beta testing this and so they let me in on it and you lead uh, with web developer every time you want to beta test something i should well actually i probably shouldn't because i bet they want people who like aren't thinking about it in terms of development but uh, but the, apparently it worked then. I, I think I was just in the right place at the right time. Um, so yeah, I, I had a uh, Mac version of day one that I was trying out. And uh, honestly, I, I liked the Mac version way better than the iOS version. Um, really? Because I, and we'll talk about it a little bit more when we get into day one. I love the iOS version. The iOS, well, no, the iOS version is fantastic. Like it's gorgeous. Um, I think it's just because I do almost all of my, um, I don't do a lot of like long form writing on my iPhone. Oh no, agreed, agreed. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. And like, if I'm just taking like a quick capture of something to put in there, I'll definitely do that on the phone. And there are some features on the phone that you can't do on the Mac. Like, if you wanted to publish it, you can't do that. And there's a few other things which I can't think of off the top of my head. But um, the the Markdown editor that is within the Mac Day One um, editor, and maybe the iOS editor as well. Um, is kind of, it was one of the first kind of like semi WYSIWYG Markdown editors I've seen. I've got to say that I'm pretty sure if Markdown isn't our next episode, it's got to be it, the one after that. It needs that to come because, pretty soon. Yeah, yeah we allude to it a lot. Is, we have, yeah. and I that was the first thing I wrote down as I was taking some notes to get ready for the episode last night was as I'm making notes about day one, it says only accepts one image, and the second thing is supports multi-markdown, and then I have about 14 exclamation points behind it. Yeah, yeah. and uh, speaking of that image thing, um, I think that um, actually what you can do, you can use markdown to insert images if you host them elsewhere. Right. So um, I actually, I have um, I have an app.net account, which at this point I'm only using for like the storage space it gives you. As so, I've noticed yeah. on your oh-so-spectacular gift tumbler. <laughs> so, yeah. Can we put a link to oh, that God. in the show notes? Let's, let's put a link to my gift tumbler. I, uh, yes. <laughs> it's, uh, so... You know what? At some point, we should have a conversation. This may not be a whole topic, but maybe just some like little efficiencies. We should talk about uh, our GIF management systems, because I tend to speak a lot in GIFs on the internet. GIF management systems <laughs> going in the topic <laughs> notebook right now. Thank you, Andy Welfley. Um, we should, yeah, it should be an episode where we just talk about like 
unusual workflows that we have that other people don't have workflows for. Yes, or some things that that completely niche uh, audience out there. There's like three <laughs> people out of our thousands upon thousands of listeners. There's three people out there going to be like, I completely need a gift management workflow. <laughs> if you if you are in need of a gift managed workflow, please tweet us. And You're we like, will... Giffy gift wrapped, Giffy <laughs> gift wrapped. What am I supposed to do What's with happening? this? So uh, yeah, we'll 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 talk about our GIF management workflow at some other point. But um, but basically, I needed somewhere to host them, and I was using um, oh, what is it called, Cloud App or whatever. Um, but they mm-hmm. give you only a certain number of them. So I, I used a, an app.net account, which gives me I think eleven fifteen. I can't remember how many gigabytes worth of storage space, and. Um, I use a little app for it called Orbit, and you basically just drag your GIF there, and it co- sends a link to your keyboard. Um, where am I going with this? Um, hosting images in a day yes. one. Yes. Okay. So let, not, let's not speak specifically about GIFs, but like if I have an image that I want to put in there that I don't want necessarily to be the cover photo, I'll drag it into Orbit, upload it to app.net, and then I'll use the mark, multi-markdown um, code, which is exclamation mark bracket... Uh, URL of the image and then close right. bracket. And I'll, I'll use that to insert a picture in there. But of course, it doesn't store the picture within the day one database. So if anything ever happens to my app.net account, um, I'll lose those. I can't imagine why that would happen. App.net on a completely it's solid footing right flour- now. Flourishing. Yeah. Yes. Well, um, actually, the fact that more people have not gone that direction really surprises me. I actually, I, I bought that app.net account um, for myself for my birthday two years ago. And I renewed it last year kind of in February, kind of under under duress. I was like, well, I should still keep this around. Um, and then, yeah, this time around, I, I'm very conflicted. I don't, I don't know what to do. I was going to say, that was like April or May of last year that they were like, listen, we should yeah, talk. Yeah, I actually met Harry Marks uh, via app.net, so I do owe a lot to app.net. A friend of the show, Harry Marks. Yeah. Friend of the show and future guest, Harry Marks. Yeah. So, uh so I like app.net. I just wish more people liked app.net. That was it. That was its drawback. And obviously, this is maybe not the, exactly the direction that we wanted to go with DocGrid today. That'll be the after dark part of it. We can have a we can give our eulogies <laughs> to app.net. It was ah, uh, it it was Twitter on the good kind of steroids, and and, and it's, it's, the, it's so much more because it's a framework. It's not just like a messaging tweet right. Twitter service. And so I definitely I definitely use it as a like framework i use these the storage capacity of it but oh well we'll we'll put a pin in that yeah um, you you and i are going to have an offline conversation about <laughs> app.net here in the next day or two because i've got some uh i, I say i have some time to kill because i'm not running a podcast network and working a full-time job on a part-time job or anything no yeah. plenty of time to screw around with oh, app.net. Yeah. let's play around but with it day um, one day, so love it day one that's what um, we're talking about so I was, I was talking about sort of the marriage between the markdown editor and sort of a WYSIWYG editor which is um, which is really cool because, like, when you you know when you make an unordered list in Markdown, uh, generally it's just an asterisk and your list. Um, but what's nice about the uh, kind of slight WYSIWYG capabilities it has is that it will indent it for you. It might make it a different color. Uh, if you put in a like an inline link, it will select that and make it an actual link. Uh, if you paste in an if you put in an image, it will show the image. Uh, it'll bold, italicize text, things like that. So you know that you are Markdowning correctly. Marking down, marking down correctly. Marking down, mark downing. Yeah, mm. mo- no marking down. We'll yeah, go with that. Yeah, let's go with this. Like cold. Let's 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 call Gruber and see what he thinks. You know, uh, the plural of cul-de-sac is cul-de-sac. Did you know? Yes, that? like mothers-in-law. Yes, and uh, attorneys general. 
You, I tell you what, Andy, you can come, do, you can come <laughs> teach weird language things to my class any day. I'll come in and do uh, content strategy management production or whatever Perfect. it is that you do. Yeah, all, <laughs> I, I all of these do. things. <laughs> so, I'm going to wander around Facebook and drink their beer. Yeah, that sounds that's, good. That, that's what I'll do. I'll just, <laughs> who are you? I don't look just like Andy Welfley. Come on, I shave too, Andy Welfley. <laughs> I look more like Andy Welfley now than I have in than my Andy Welfley well. looks like Andy Welfley. Uh, well, I saw your picture yesterday, and while you are a very, very handsome man, I think that I can come close to impersonating you, you can today do if the need, should the need arise. And well, my kids will just think you're a sub, so it all works out. <laughs> so, um, uh, day, so day one, uh, day one was just like, I was using that not only for journaling, but also for um, just like text editing, like word processing, basically. I would put it into there i would copy it i would copy and paste it out of there into a lesser uh markdown editor and uh and go from there because i just it's just so beautiful i like i'd like to use it so much uh the only thing that i think has ever really rivaled that in beauty um was an old uh markdown uh web service called editorially uh which has since closed it was a jason santa maria project he's a really well-known web designer um yeah but that was pretty fantastic Anyhow, oh, you and I were talking about that when I introduced when I got you on to Stack Edit. Yeah, Stack Edit. Yeah, we're we're making this into the Markdown episode. I, right apparently, now. We're, we're just trying uh, not to. <laughs> we're just a uh, full fl- or full steam ahead with Markdown. Got all these notes for journaling. <laughs> Damn it, Markdown. <laughs> um, so the thing about uh, Day One is that it is a premium app. Um, it is it costs some serious money, and by that I mean ten bucks for the. Uh, for the Mac version, and I think five dollars for the, for the iOS, iOS which but they will they will put it on sale semi regularly. Yes, and I and I have got to say that five dollars well worth it. And and whenever I see that it goes on sale, I usually try to tweet it out. And I have to say that I have converted some people. Uh, so um, even if you don't want to wait for it to go on sale, you should go download it. This is assuming that you use an Apple product. People out there. Right, either either a Mac or yeah, iOS. Yeah. Like I only have an iPhone, but it is still the only way that I do uh, any kind of digital journaling. Which I guess is just how we'll start. We'll just talk about digital journaling. Let's just keep talking about day one. That's good stuff. Absolutely. Um, it is the only way that I do any kind of digital journaling. I don't have a Mac. I don't even have an iPad. I have my iPhone five, but if I am going to keep track of something digitally, I love that. Um, well, the today notification widget thing is really cool because it does pull up the pictures from back in the day. Yeah. It'll show you your stats and everything else. But I love that I can open the app and immediately take a picture because oftentimes either my students or more more than likely my dogs are doing something ridiculous. Uh-huh. And I just want to take a picture of it and put like one line behind it and just, just to have that logged in there. But... And this is my big issue with day one, and I don't know if you've come across this. It's such a beautiful app, and I know that they've addressed this on the Mac app, not so much on the iOS. I, I very much have the fear of the blank page with day one. Oh, absolutely. And like it opens up, and it's so beautiful, and I just say to myself, I don't know that my words are worthy for this. And I, I definitely have that problem with like nice notebooks. And uh, yeah, like nice paper notebooks. That's been a big thing for, for field notes for me was until I got into... Uh, what I'm now kind of thinking of more is, is the Brad Dowdy mindset, and that is I have them to use them and not to collect them. Right. Um, I'm now looking for more reasons to use them more often, but I see, and I keep glancing over at my 
my stash over here to to my left and looking at them and going, oh, well, those are still sealed up. And like my ambitions, I haven't cracked the um, cellophane on yet. So mm. all that gold along the edges is still all stacked uh, together. You haven't made the, the crackle yet. I haven't. I'm waiting for oh, just so the great. right daylight to make the crackle because I want to do it in that so it all sparkles I, and everything. Have and, you seen my video? Uh, of course, Andy. We're <laughs> friends. Yes, I've seen. No, I knew it was there. I just um, I did an unboxing video where I I opened it and crackled it right into the microphone. And at first, I was like, "Oh, you probably you guys probably won't hear this. Like, I don't know how loud it's going to be." And it sure enough, like, definitely filled up the microphone. It was glorious. Even better. Well, now I'm looking forward to that. Maybe that'll have to be one of the shows we do here down the road. Somebody you, will just be on me. Like, did you open those yet? Did you open those yet? You know those videos where they have like. It's usually in Gizmodo, and Gizmodo's like, oh, this is so satisfying. Like, they, they always say it's so satisfying. Like, I never yeah. I never really knew what they meant by that until I did this. I was like, oh. <laughs> I, I, Gizmodo has gotten to the point now where sometimes they're even making fun of themselves. Yeah. And I really like that. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to... Not going to go down the Gawker Media rabbit hole, but there are a lot. Of, I still think there are a lot of blogs on that uh, on that network or system that are that are doing things right. I'm a big Deadspin fan. I don't know if you do much sports ball. Uh, um, not really, but sometimes there will be um, a lateral uh, coverage that they have on there. I I usually read. I used to read all the time the uh, IO9 blog. Yeah, but I yeah. I kind of gave it up because they were just they were just like live. The live casting like too many franchises and and so now I just have a pinboard um, thing set up so that their monthly sci-fi read recommendations um, I get sent to my pinboard and I just read it from there. I feel like there's a pinboard physical pinboard digital episode that we may have to work out at some point. Yeah, uh, having to do with sticky notes and other pinboard because I tell you and I are going to get um, future Andy on this pinboard if it kills us. <laughs> I, he, he's dabbling. Did you use Delicious ever? Yes. Del- oh, and so I don't. I don't. I did. I don't think Andy, future Andy, uses or ever used Delicious because I feel like the people who most appreciate Pinboard are the people who love Delicious, and yeah, just I. Lo- I looked for a replacement for it for so long. Like I, I was keeping bookmarks either in my browser or in Evernote or in um, SpringPad when SpringPad was still around. Yeah, you um, know, I. I Signed up for Pinboard as soon as I heard. I can never remember that guy's name who runs it. Um, as soon he's as, a wonderful dude. Sorry, yeah. dude, whose name we don't he, remember. He gave you a, have a great service. He gave a talk at XOXO, and I I watched the um, I watched the video, and I as soon as he talks like this guy is smart. I went to pay him, so I gave my eleven bucks or whatever to get a subscription and. Oh, if if you got on as soon as you heard about it, it probably wasn't even eleven when you when would you just start here recently? Um, maybe like a year ago, maybe a little more. Oh, yeah, it was probably just I over was, nine uh, bucks when you did it because I think it was like ten and some change, uh, and I did it right before they instituted the new eleven dollars a year oh, or whatever. It's like a new flat rate for it, no matter what happens. Yeah. Um, not as much to do with journaling, but still an awesome service. <laughs> Go check out Pinboard. Well, actually, I mean that's that's what we did to that's what we used to sort of like gather our research for this journaling episode, which obviously, obviously we're we're using to the to the maximum. We're using it maybe. to its fullest. Ex- yeah, to we're using it to its fullest extent. We're checking out all of these. There are, you, ladies and gentlemen, your uh, your friend and mine, Andy Welfley, did so much research 
for this episode that when I opened up the show notes document today that he told me he had only spent 15 minutes working on, it looked like he'd been researching for your entertainment and amusement for at least the last four days nonstop. <laughs> there are just articles stacked up on stacked up. There are articles with references and citations <laughs> in the show notes that I don't know if it'll ever make it to you, but it'll definitely be here with us And I, um, I, I about some of the benefits of journaling. And if we're going to be completely, completely honest, I didn't read all of the references and citations. So I did put a lot of extra material into yeah. the show notes while you were, I don't know, probably like eating lunch or in a meeting with Mark Z or something super important. <laughs> um, so, so I'm interested to know kind of what you uh, what you put into day one and what you put onto paper. My systems are, for lack of a better term, messed up. Um, I, like you, have carried a, a pocket notebook around for various reasons for a while. Um, and I still do. I have either a field notes or right now I'm still using the, um, I, I'm going to say nice things about Baron Fig because I love the Baron Fig notebooks. You were talking about that America, the beautiful paper yeah. being thick and luscious. And these Baron Fig notebooks are just the same. I can't yeah, I use, agree. I can't use either of my fountain pens because yes, in the two weeks it's been since we released an episode, I bought another fountain pen <laughs> because <laughs> that's the way things go when you get into this world. Apparently I, I can't use I can't use either of my fountain pens in the field notes that I've been kind of going back and forth between I have a cold horizon and a pitch black that I use for a couple different things. I don't know See, why they don't have a regular edition with that paper that is in Shelterwood and America the Beautiful. Is it not in the new Cherrywood? I, I I don't think so. I think Cherrywood go, goes back to the standard. Okay, well, it, I, I do love that paper for pencil or fountain pen, which are the two things that I write with most often. Uh, I carry one in my back pocket that is... It's not so much a journal in that it's a way for me to write down random things as they come to me. I use a combination of either Ryder Carroll's bullet journal or Patrick Rohn's Dash Plus or some sort of... There's always some kind of notation system in it for me that tells me where else it needs to go. Yeah. So maybe I transfer it over to my weekly planner I have for school. Maybe it's something that I put a star or an exclamation point next to that makes it into my Hobonichi at the end of the day because I have You're such um, a hipster. started doing – I am. <laughs> what with the, the Hobonichi and the field notes yeah. and the moleskin and the, I have you all of my – You even know the guy who came up with the bullet journal system, Ryder Carroll. Ryder Carroll? Yeah. Of course I do. <laughs> Ryder Carroll. Did you contribute you, to the Kickstarter? I didn't, and I didn't either. that's. I, I feel have, bad about oh well. it. Yeah, because um, th- th- those are le- those were lectern books that that he was yeah. handing out or having made done. Right, those I, I bet that's going to be really nice. No, <laughs> I his was one of the first systems that sort of helped me put my uh, scribblings and ideas and brain farts into some kind of order. Yeah. Um, he also. Have you been to that website? Oh yeah. It's, it's there is cool definitely going to be a link to that website, folks. Do yourself a favor if you uh, first of all go to the Bullet Journal website, and second of all do it in a full size browser window, just so you can get the full effect of how well designed that is. It's it is a very beautiful website. Yeah. I and I go ahead. I just love how when you're when you're scrolling the uh, like the examples that they're talking about just sort of fall into place in that parallax. It's really cool. Yeah. It's it's. The user experience, I guess, is what they're calling it now. The UX for that is just 
I don't want to even call it seamless because there are obviously seams and there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes, but it's not so much that it becomes cluttered. It's just, it's convenient. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I either use a combination, uh, I use a combination of that and Dash Plus by Patrick Roan, which there's a link to that in the show notes as well, which by the way, Andy Welfley, use. are at nerduprising.co slash dot grid slash two. I should do the Merlin Man thing the second where he episode. always, he's like, like... Dan, Dan, can you tell us if somebody were? I can't even. I can't even say it. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or they, and they do. Um, if someone were so inclined. Yes. B is in dog. Two is in pencil. <laughs> w as in the letter four. Uh, slash whatever two hundred millionth episode they're on now. Um, Did you listen to the episode with uh, John Roderick? No, I see. Don't tell anyone in the podcast. No one's world. listening. Don't worry. I have only ever listened to one episode of Roderick on the Line in my life. <gasps> well, you but did you hear the back to work with Roderick on the with? Well, no. And see, that's the thing is, I am the guy. I'm the kind of guy that if I'm going to start something, I want to start at the beginning. And, and so I want to know what the big deal is with the whole John Roderick podcasting interesting thing. And I will say the one episode that I listened to, I really enjoyed, but. Uh, I want to be in on all the inside jokes. Like I, I want you. to know what people are talking about and and what to which to which they are referring and everything else. Yeah. So, and that's just that's another one of those shows that you look at it and you're like, how many episodes in are they? Yeah. How many hours is that? Yeah, yeah. That's the I, thing. Like I, like Merlin is like a brilliant conversationalist. Like he takes great pains to keep the topic moving and have a really good kind of back and forth between people. Right, John Rockerick is also a brilliant conversationalist as long as he is the one leading and dominating the conversation. That sounds like a guy that I know named Will Fengi. I understand <laughs> that entirely. So, yes, but he, I mean, he's super interesting. Don't always agree with him, but I enjoy his views and what he has to say. And hey, man, I listen to talk radio for the, purely for the entertainment value. I don't listen to it necessarily in... Yeah, I really, that's really some good stuff. No, I listen to it purely for the entertainment value, so I can understand. Uh, I can I can understand listening to uh, something you don't necessarily. It's not even necessarily hate listening. <laughs> yeah, you familiar with hate watching, oh, hate I, reading I, these I am, things? I am indeed. So um, yeah, okay. But anyway, <laughs> rolling back around to <sighs> this back is, to work. This is going to be a problem, and, isn't it? I think I think this is going to be a problem. Yeah, you and I, we should we just need to. <laughs> If you want to hear all like the two thirds of the episode that's going to be cut out, including this, so you're only hearing it if you, did. oh goodness, Andy. So um, we we're talking about journaling. We we're talking about we were talking things. about journaling. We we're talking about things and stuff. I, th- um, I think that as opposed to stuff and things, um, as opposed to stuff and things, another uh, podcast here on the Wonderful Nerd Uprising Network, which Andy Welty reveals his entire financial situation. <laughs> <laughs> How he learns, how he does all of his podcasting, everything he listens to, his entire financial situation, how much he's paying for rent. Um, oh, yeah. um, so, so let's go back to Facebook. So, um, we, I asked both kind of in my personal feed, which is a pretty good cross section of people, and in my uh, and in the in the Erasable group um, about people people's journaling habits and what they do and how they do it. Um, it's the one from the Erasable group is as expected, pretty skewed toward paper journaling. Um, and it kind of turned into a, um, as things usually do into kind of a discussion about journals out there and, uh, pens and pencils that they use and quality of paper, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, uh, the one from my kind of personal feed, there's a lot more people who, um, the consensus seems to really be that if it's something short that they want to remember and it is handy, they will use a notebook 
Whereas if they have something kind of longer to say, um, they will use um, something on the computer. And that ranges from day one um, all the way to like a Word document. Yeah, I, I guess there are people that are still out there that that is their primary form of, I guess they're still calling it word processing on the computer. They're not uh, the markdown crazy people that we are. Um, but yeah, I, I can see that. I did that for a while, not necessarily Word documents, but we go back to the Zanga and the live journal that you and I talked about in the last episode. And it's just about, it's about having a log. And while there is something more intimate about doing it in an analog fashion, there's almost something that's because of the technology based people that we've become, there's almost something that's almost more free flowing for some people when it's typing. Yeah. I know plenty of people that type considerably faster stream of consciousness than they do write. And, and that's definitely true for me. Um, I, I have pretty atrocious handwriting and I, uh, have pretty, uh, I do a lot of revisions kind of as I write and oh, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, find yeah, myself yeah. a perfectionist. So even if it's just for me, I often find myself like starting over or restructuring something. And uh, I know I shouldn't do that. I should capture it as a stream of consciousness. And then if I want to do something with it later, I can change it up, but I just don't. <laughs> no, and, I, I understand that pain because as an English teacher, oh, you're, I you're am the, the person way. who's writing and it feels like I'm writing with my right hand and then correcting with a red pen with my left hand. Yeah. And it has become, Morning pages has always been one of those. Are you familiar with the concept of morning pages? I actually, uh, Tim uh, Wassum from Erasable does that, and um, I, I would love for you to talk more about what you what that is for you. What the, well, what I understand it to be is. Uh, and again, uh, this is a very loose understanding. Please feel free to get in touch with me on Twitter or email or through the website or whatever and correct me or tell me how you do it. But the way I understand it is uh, you get up uh, and it's the first thing, you, one of the first things you do in the morning, you know, the first kind of interaction you have is it's not so much a dream log as it is, well, kind of like you were talking about earlier. There are people that are doing their writing now more in the morning when their brains are getting started as opposed to in the evenings when their brains are shutting down. And I know people that'll get up and either set a time limit and say, I'm just going to write stream of consciousness for this amount of time, or they'll get up and say, okay, two pages, I'm going to do my morning page front and back or however long or however long it's going to take them. And they just sit and they write whatever comes to mind. And that's difficult for me because a lot of times I feel like if I'm saying stream of consciousness, I feel like there isn't any punctuation, Yeah, but I guess there is punctuation the way that I think it's, it's difficult for me because again, I want it to be perfect as I'm writing it. But at the same time, I know that uh, if I'm trying to get all of the good thoughts where they need to be, it's not going to be perfect as, as I'm pouring it out of my brain, especially not first thing in the morning, because I am that stereotypical uh, person that you see in all of the horrible commercials that does not function well until at least the water for the coffee is boiling. Uh-huh. Uh, much less, uh, I mean, there are days that I wake up that I'm awake for the first 45 minutes still here at the house and I have no idea what has happened. <laughs> so maybe writing isn't such a great idea for me first thing in the morning, but that's the way I understand morning pages is you get up and you're right. And that's, you know, maybe it's super creative. Maybe it's super productive for some people. I guess it's a good idea. The right, the, the way I'm journaling now is I am <clears throat> I'm writing in my Hobonichi at night before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, just filling up my page with what I remember from my day. It's one of those, it's very therapeutic for me. I'll go ahead and the same way I write down a task as it comes to me during the day or a phone number so I don't forget it, I journal in my Hobonichi at night because it allows me to kind of flush everything from the day out of my brain. 
Uh, I am a horribly anxious person, in case my fast-paced voice didn't give that away to everyone else out there on the internet. Horribly anxious, but I find that I sleep considerably better if when I lay down at night, I, I lay in bed and I say, okay, I'm going to turn off all my electric, de- uh, all my electronic devices. Uh, I'm going to have my Kindle here for when I get done, and I'm just going to fill up my one daily page in my Hobonichi and say, this is what has happened. I might draw a little picture, a la Mike Rohde and Patrick Roan in their tiny one-day sketch notes. You know, maybe I'll do that. I'll typically write down what I had to eat for the day and then I'll just shut it and say okay just gonna close the close the curtain on today and and try to get a good night's sleep and get ready for tomorrow so I have found that journaling at night hmm. is a little better for me than doing these morning pages yeah that's interesting um yeah oh man sketch notes I I went to a conference and I was like I'm gonna do sketch notes it's gonna be awesome <sighs> and I failed miserably well, speaking of perfectionism I can't draw I know I, I can't, can't draw. draw I mean Patrick Rohn says he can't draw, but he has been uh, posting uh, Instagram images of some of his daily uh, sketch notes, and they're, he has they're so Patrick, good. He has Patrick honed his chops. He, oh, maybe? nice. No, Rohn, nice. honed? Should we cut that? Uh, I think Patrick, it's fine. we're leaving that in. Yeah, just do it. Leaving it drop in. Drop the yeah. mic, do it. But, well, no, don't <laughs> drop Dude, this mic was not cheap. Um, <laughs> no, we're not dropping that. But yeah, he, yeah. he has gotten... He's gotten a little. I think he got some some personal lessons because I know that he and Mike Rohde are friends yeah. now. So he might have gotten some personal lessons yeah. from him. Um, so I bad. actually there's a there's a couple of uh, links to some things for Patrick Rohn in there. Dash Plus is where we left off before talking about Patrick Rohn to loop all the way back around to one of the systems that I use in my back pocket journal. Yeah. Um, and actually have a really. I think cool. Obviously, it's stolen because I don't have good ideas on my own very often anymore. But. Um, I got it from I. I'm gonna say Josh Chandler. And I'm gonna be wrong, um, but I actually take a picture of my um, day of the pages that I have for my day in my notebook at the like of my back pocket field notes at the end of the day and store those in day one with a particular hashtag. Oh, nice! That's a really good idea. So, so that way I've got a paper copy that I go through throughout the day because it's easier for me to just pull out a pen or a pencil and scribble something down quickly, but I like that I still have access to them. Um, I will on occasion store them in Evernote too, because Evernote can, yeah. Yeah. So that Evernote can do the OCR on it and things like that. But I just have, um, my stuff for the day stored in day one with hashtag day one that, or, yeah, or hashtag journal or something. I forget what it is right now. It does it automatically through, and I'm going to blow your mind on this one. Uh, do you use Launch Center Pro for iOS at all? I don't, but it looks really cool. I found through, um, I think his name is, oh, I think his last name is Weeb. It's Josiah Weeb. Mm-hmm. Um, has Launch Center Pro will give you um, notifications throughout the day on a time schedule if you need it to. And I have it ping me at about 9.30 every night. So it will automatically pull up, uh, hey, you need to make a day one entry, and it lets me take the picture, answer a couple of different questions via prompts, and it automatically formats it in that multi-markdown sort of chart, this is shaded, this is pretty, here's your picture, here's the page number um, <laughs> that it is in your uh, field notes. Uh, there's links to all of these things in there. You take them, <laughs> screw around with them, that's what I've done. It's It's so much easier to look at than it is to explain, but... Uh, especially the link to Josiah's website with, um, re- well, the reporter stuff is from Sean Blanc's website, but there's some stuff in there about Launch Center Pro and daily journaling that really, really, I'm someone who needs constant reminders or because along with the anxiety, I'm very ADD. Um, I need the constant reminders or the the constant um, 
repetition and the routine of it. And if I can, if I know at nine thirty it's going to ping me every day, then I'm you know typically in a spot or put myself in a spot where I can take it out or take my notebook out, take a picture of it, answer three questions, get back on whatever I was doing, and I have the log that I need. Hmm. Um, that's actually an interesting kind of segue. Um, now, would you consider life logging to be journaling? Um, I would, and I tell you, I, I f- have considered trying to use my Hobonichi for that instead, kind of doing what you're, more of what you're doing along the lines of daily journaling into a field notes because I think that they are super convenient for, you know, you can fill up about one a month. I feel like that is a super convenient way to do it and kind of doing more of a, of a life logging thing in my Hobonichi a la what Patrick Rohn and Mike Rohde are doing. And they got that from uh, inspiration from another gentleman on Twitter. It's, I would consider it journaling, but not in the way that most people would. Yeah. I've, uh, I've read about some interesting um, kind of ways to hack the day one API and just kind of feed in Twitter into their uh, feed in RSS feed. Um, maybe set up like a, a like a life master feed almost by combining some RSS. Um, so I've I've seen a few people who do that. Um, I tried that for a while, but I just discovered that I don't really use it, and it just kind of like pollutes my day one um, timeline. Basically, I have an idea for that. Do you, do you mind if I jump in here for oh, a second? Absolutely. I have found, and I believe I got this from. I'm going to have to look up the gentleman that was doing, uh, he was the, the paperless ambassador for Evernote for a while. Um, he's, he's got three names. I'm going to have to look it up. Um, but he uses, he has a particular Evernote notebook. That's him. Uh, great stuff, by the way. Great, great stuff. He is, uh, a writer. He does uh, obviously some good stuff for Evernote as well. He has a particular notebook in Evernote that he uses similar to the the RSS feed sort of thing. I use a combination of Evernote and If This Then That, which is another spectacular service you and I talked about a little bit this week, um, to log all of my Foursquare check-ins, mm-hmm. my tweets, uh, and my status changes on Facebook. So I don't have a whole, whole lot of the latter or the former anymore, but I do have tweets and I never see them. I don't have to save them. It saves automatically. It automatically saves my favorites too. But I have found that the best way for me to try to keep kind of a running tally, at least of my digital life, and it'll save my Instagram pictures as well. But there's one that's just called social media or life journal or something, excuse me, that just keeps like a running tally or a running log of everything that I post on social media or save to Instagram or what have you. That way, if I want to go back and see what was going on on this day or whatever wonderful use people are using their journals for, I have a notebook in Evernote that does that. If I'm doing something that's a little more free form, I'm creating it, mm-hmm. then that's what I use day one or my notebooks for. But as far as, I guess I already do life log in a way. Yeah. Um, huh? Just, creating it with within 140 characters or one square filtered shot hmm. at a time. That's interesting. I so so this is something I've always been interested in. Like I I use Timehop, which is, you know, not a not a very good life logger, but basically it shows you what you did on social media um, right. this day in the past, uh one year ago, two years ago, etc. Um so I've I've never necessarily felt the need to like just just keep a log of all of my tweets um, because I know I can just download that from Twitter. 
Um, right. Obviously, you know, if Twitter goes away or they become more proprietary or what have you. Um, Facebook as well, you can download your activity there. Um, so I, I've never really felt the need to go back and reference what I was doing um, last year via something like Evernote. Um, do you do it just to have a record of it or do you do, do, you, do you constantly find yourself going back there to check something? I think that I have it just for just for posterity's sake. But then again, there have been times in the past when I... You ever gone back through your old tweets or your old status updates just because you had like an hour to kill? Oh, it's, pain- or, it's painful or, sometimes, yeah. Isn't it? I, oh, think my, but- I think my first tweet ever was something like, Going to Chipotle, yum, or something like that. That sounds like a first tweet. I think it's. A, I think that may have been the first tweet ever, um, <laughs> or just setting up my tweets or something along those lines. Is I think is one of the the de facto's here. Put out your first tweet thing now because I just set up all of the the Twitter accounts for all of the wonderful shows here on the Nerd Uprising Network, and that they want you to send out a first original tweet. And I think a lot of it is either just says setting up my new Twitter or headed to Chipotle, yum. So <laughs> that that works out well. You're a trendsetter have you uh um, do you know what merlin man's first g- general first post for things is uh no uh so there's an episode of the simpsons uh where they talk about people they talk about ham radios and they talk about how um they have this guy who just set up his ham radio and his first broadcast on his ham radio is i have a ham radio and he was talking about how oftentimes with new social networks that's what people do is they talk about said social network on social network like google right, people right. on google plus talk about google plus so so uh uh merlin man's first post on any new thing that he joins is always i have a ham radio which is pretty fantastic <laughs> i thought you were gonna go with, i have a ham that certainly seems like something ham. else that i i have a ham and you just get cut <laughs> off it and cut the radio off but i don't i don't go back for them but there are times as weird as my head okay I, for instance, I remember where I was when I found out that Michael Jackson died. Not because Michael Jackson made a massive imprint in my life or anything else, but that's that was a cultural thing that also coincidentally happened on the day that I went to the tide pools on the Oregon coast. Hmm. So if I ever, for some reason, have to draw a correlation between when Michael Jackson died or in uh, any other time of year, I can, for instance, go back on Flickr. And see that, oh, I remember, or it was, I think the photos are date stamped. I don't think, I know they're digital, but I don't think they were done via telephone. I think we had a digital camera. Mm -hmm. Those things, you know, back when there was something between a cell phone and a DSLR. (laughs) um, I think they all have the date stamps on them. So I can go back in and um, put myself on that frame of, I guess we could say frame of mind or frame of reference. Um, There are times... And I like I was mentioning before I like that day one does this that I will appreciate just kind of looking at a random tweet or a random Facebook post and kind of putting myself back where I was in that um, because typically I'm not the kind of woe is me I'm going to update social media because I'm sad and I need attention kind of thing I typically post positive things or when things are changing for me that being said please don't go back and look at like my first three months of Twitter. Because it was the only social network I access, I had access to at the PR agency in, in New York, and there were a lot of getting a cup of coffee, gonna go ahead and walk to my wife's office. I hope that everybody else out there is doing well. Or a lot of those really annoying ones that start with a verb, <laughs> where it's like your name and it's like at Will Fengi is getting ready to go home for the day! Exclamation uh, yep. point. That was a big yeah, thing on I Facebook t- for a while obnoxious yeah. is what I was. So, no, I don't go back and look look at them. That's why the Hobonichi is becoming a little more attractive for life logging because I can 
do the really stereotypical thing and put in like movie stubs or draw a picture of where I was. There's a little more freedom with created than it is with the way I have it now. I really want to do the kind of the shortened abbreviated analog version of life logging, which is um, we had a few people talk about those um, uh, five year journals and that looks really cool. There's a um, really good Patrick Rohn article. Um, oh, which one is it in, in this? Uh, it's on his website, and it's called Building Routines or How I Became a Daily Journal Writer. Um, yes. And it's super interesting because I am um, – I think I'm in the place where he was before he got there. Like he really wants to, and he has kept so many uh, journals kind of on and off in fits and starts, as he says. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um and so he uh, he basically just kind of listed out how he falls into that routine. Um, the thing that I really need to do is is just do it like on the train on the way to work. So I take um, I'm I'm on a uh, commuter train um, for probably about twenty twenty five minutes in the mornings when I go to work. And right now, what I just do is I sit there and watch everything go by and listen to podcasts. Uh, what I should do is take the first you know five ten minutes of that and. Um, just write a really quick short entry about maybe what I did yesterday or what I was thinking about. Um, and he's talking about, he does it at, Patrick does it at night. Um, he, uh, he, yeah, he brushes his teeth every night before I go to bed. Therefore I built the new routine on that. Now I write in my journal and then brush my teeth. Thus writing in the journal becomes a subroutine of my existing pre-bed routines. So I kind of want to try to do that in the mornings. Um, as long as you have good dental health. As, as long as I can have good dental health. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the most important part. That's the key. If you keep all of your teeth, you'll continue to journal on a daily basis. I do have dental insurance for the first time now um, uh, in in the past four years. So Soft I'm, golf applause. I'm exa- yeah, I'm excited about that. So, so the five-year journal looks really interesting to me. Um, I don't know if I can carry a journal, one single journal for five years, uh, but basically... Is it, isn't Johnny doing one of those? Isn't I your think other so. co-host? Yeah, yeah. He's, he is uh, on year five of his five-year journal. So he's... Johnny is... Johnny is like my analog inspiration. Like he... He's such an interesting guy because he knows he has an encyclopedic knowledge of paper and pencils and uh, he uses them. He goes through a field notes like like every 12 days, I think was the last time last thing he said. And he uh, yeah, he does when he does something like a five year journal, he sticks with it, does it for five years. Uh, I, on the other hand, just flip back and forth between a million different things. I, I also am fairly ADHD in my uh, in my pen and paper and pencil and paper usage, I don't stick with anything for very long, which, which, cause I want to try everything out. That's what I want to do. Um, so yeah, that looked, I just, sorry, go I on. want to put in a note here that while you were speaking, I went and purchased Johnny Gamber is my analog spirit animal.com. Okay. Okay. So I'll be giving that to you for your next birthday. <laughs> Johnny Gamber is my analog spirit animal.com. So we can just, you can have that and that can be, uh, that can be our tribute to the, the analog wonder yeah. that, that is Johnny. <laughs> that I, I believe, I believe that is the name of the episode. Uh, Johnny, yes, Johnny Gamber is my analog spirit animal. That's what we're going with. Uh, tribute <laughs> to, to our, our good analog friend. Nothing to do with journaling. Nothing to do with journaling at all. There, people are going to look at this on iTunes and say, "What the hell?" I don't know what that is, but I do like Johnny Gamber. <laughs> tick 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 tick. So uh, we have. I, I think that'll be a good way. We, we need. I think we had a lot of like techie talk, so we need a way to get all those pencil people to get back on board. So. Put it, putting Johnny Gamber, yeah, 
but it, yes. but anyhow, like for the first year, you know, it, it's it's not going to be the five year journal isn't going to be super great. But like, think about once you get to year three, and every day you're going in to fill it out. And so, what happens if you're not familiar with this is uh, there is a page. There's 365 ish whatever pages in the journal, and on each page or in each spread, uh, there is uh, that day. So. Um, today is January 26th as a recording. So there'd be January 26th, 2015, January 26th, 2016, 2017, etc. So you're basically, it's kind of like time hop in, in analog. You're basically going back and seeing what you did on that day. Um, you know, a year ago or five years ago. That that's really cool. I didn't know that it worked out like that. Yeah, uh, I just I, I didn't know that it worked out like that at all. That's that's yeah. really really Isn't neat. That neat. So I I have been toying with the idea of getting one. Um, my big problem is, is I really don't want to be carrying around something kind of a five size, um, as that is, as most of them tend to be, um, in, Oh, what should I say in, I just don't want to add another one of those things to my, my daily carry, as somebody would say, um, your practical carry. <sighs> yeah. We, but by the we way, inspired ourselves some practical carry us and Tim Wasson short, short plug. Um, there's a guy named Chase Nordengren who is a friend of the show, friend of Erasable. I'm just going to go ahead and declare him a friend of Dot Grid. Um, he is. He's, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he, yeah. He had nice things to say about us in the Panatic live uh, live show chat room last week. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, he's he just started a Facebook group called Practical Carry, which is uh, everyday carry minus the guns. And Which, like, if you'll remember like last time, knives. we kind of raised an we did. eyebrow about anyway. Uh, we did. We we raised it here. We raised it on Erasable, and we and he was talking about it and other things. So he he took the initiative and and went ahead and made that a thing. So it's a, it's a it's a pretty good group. We'll put a link in show notes. Um, I think it's facebook.com slash groups slash practical carry. Um, yeah. It's l- very active group. It never fails that when I get home and finally get back to a Wi-Fi network that allows me to have Facebook notifications. Thanks, County School System. That I've always got a a post that says at least five or six or seven people have put up either their practical daily carry or something that goes along with it. It's, it's really cool to look at because that is always one of those things that I felt like even just from a stylistic standpoint, the the firearms and knives typically weighed more visually than the other stuff. And I, that's why I started looking at, at everyday carry was to look at, you know, people's flashlights and watches and pens and notebooks and things like that, because I, I enjoy things arranged neatly and seeing what people carry in. It's the same reason people like home screens. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's kind of a, you can tell a lot about a person by looking at who they follow on Twitter, what they have on their home screen, what they, and what they carry in their pockets. Yeah. So it, that's been super interesting. So Chase, bravo to you. That's, that's going to, I think that group has got some legs. I think it's got a lot of, of, of cool potential to it. Field nuts. It is not. Um, well, and, that, but, and that's, Good or bad, that, depending that, on. Yes. <laughs> I tell you. Um, Anyhow. Um, so, yeah, there's a really nice Levenger notebook that is this gorgeous. It's a 100-pound paper. Um, really nice looking. I think that's the one that Patrick uses. But if I were to carry around a journal for five years, um, that would be probably the one that I would be interested in going with. So I, I know I have that in my sort of like to look at um, uh, workflow. So, I was say, is it is it a is it a tag on Pidboard? I don't like know what stuff it is. is for me. Yeah. It is for me. Yeah, I, I, they're all tagged with buy or look at later or one day or don't you wish you had this much money? Yeah, that's a really long one. But t- tell me about what you 
Tell me about writing in your Habanichi. Um, I know that it, it has the Tomoe River paper. I was just getting ready to go there. Cool. I really was because <laughs> you know, talking about the notebooks that Patrick carries around, you got to talk about that Tomoe River paper. Yeah. I, uh, you'll remember from the last time had, or from the last episode, I just gotten my fountain pen that day. And, uh, Side note, one of my favorite things about the Hobonichi is that Hobonichi translates not so literally, but close enough to almost every day. Yeah. So um, the same way I fear the blank page, I also fear falling off the wagon, and then I feel like I have to stay off the wagon. Like, oh, I haven't written in three days. I feel really bad about going back and looking at those blank pages because the Hobonichi is, you know, there's a page for every day. Um, so I like that it's an almost every day kind of thing. Uh I have used either fountain pen, uh, either one of my fountain pens or um, pencils in there. I prefer to do pencil because, again, at the time of night that I'm doing it, I'm in bed. Uh, I'm in my jam jams. There's dogs jumping around because, you know, obviously we're a creepy family that has the dogs in bed until the last possible minute. Whatever. They're like our children. Hate me. Whatever. Um <laughs> And I don't want to have, uh, we have nice sheets because my wife has good taste, so I don't want to get fountain penning on them, and typically uh, the pencil's a little bit, um, it's it's a little bit cleaner, a little bit easier to deal with. I really enjoy uh, writing in there with pencil and with fountain penning, so that Tomoe River is is good stuff. Uh, speaking of journals that I keep by the bed, are you a, are you a dream journaler? Um, I'm not. I, I should be, and I've done it. A few times. Um, but honestly, when I wake up from a dream, I'm usually too just like, like, I don't have like night paralysis or whatever it's called, but I like, I just can't will myself to like stop and get up and write it down before I forget it. Like that sounds really depressing, but I, I definitely, I definitely remember maybe 20% of my dreams after getting up and going out and doing things. And they're almost always not interesting to the point of, in my mind, writing them down. I probably sh- I, have, I probably should, but I don't. <laughs> I have remarkably boring dreams. Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Fangy. I guess I, call, I guess I can call her my wife or Elizabeth. I call her Mrs. Fangy in front of my students all day. Elizabeth has super vivid, super exciting dreams that I think she should write down. Uh, I don't even remember mine most of the time. Uh-huh. So, and that's been like that my entire life. Yeah. So, do you know? Do you dream not, in black and white, or do you dream in color? I dream in color. Hmm. Uh, I definitely dream in color. I just don't. Rem- I. At least I think I do. Um, you know, it's one of those what I can remember, which is very little of it. I, I remember being in color. I just I don't. Maybe it's the attention thing. Maybe it's the fact that when I wake up in the morning, there's I'm typically woken up. By, oh, oh, woke is woken up or awoken? I don't know. That I am brought to consciousness by something <laughs> that typically takes my attention away from whatever it was that I was just dreaming about. So I, I'm awakening. I am not much oh, awakening. 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 That is a that is a late at night on a Monday sort of word. Awakening. It's I'm <laughs> I'm awakened by uh, by some sort of noise that takes my attention away and immediately uh, it kind of flitters away out of my mind. So I'm not much of a dream logger or a dream journaler. Although I understand that if you do get up and write about it, that that has been remarkably useful or helpful. However you want to look at it for for people to kind of clear their minds and like center them yeah psychologically yeah i should i there's there's a lot of the stuff that I need, I need to try and i i just need to i don't know inspire myself to do so so maybe i will do so with this episode 
Well, and we have some stuff here, um, and I, I think I would like to put this at, towards the end of the show notes. There's a little bit of a longer article or a little bit of a longer excerpt that uh, that Andy found that's got some cite the ones with the citations and the references that yeah. talks about therapy journaling, and that is part of the part of one of the other reasons why I have decided to put a little bit more renewed effort into journaling this year is because you know I've, I've had a couple of mental emotional things going on, and I really feel like if I can find some sort of natural non you know medicated way or whatever to handle it then i want to do that and i think that journaling has really helped because again it it helps get some of those things out of your brain and onto paper and if it's good things bad things neutral things whatever it it's like clearing and we're going to make the digital connection here again for a second it's like clearing out the ram yeah it's like making sure that you've kind of cleared out the cache file and you've got some space to put new things in whether you know, if there's something that's bothering you, put it on paper. If there's something you're in love with, and you want to remember, it, put it on paper. We could go back a little bit and say and say it's kind of like defragging your hard drive. It is. Yeah, back when there was like physical bits on your hard drive, ever ever didn't just have SSDs. <laughs> uh, and see, I don't. So yeah. I had to. I had to. I had a little <laughs> bit of defragging today. There was. Yeah. Uh, I had a computer. I had a computer issue. There to, was some, that's some a, spyware on here today, so I had to. That's another thing I always found to be very satisfying was like watching the little visual representation of defragging your hard drive going from like a bunch of little desperate bits to like like one solid kind of chunk on there. That was always a lot of fun. I use, I use Ultimate Defrag mm. on my computer here and on my computer at home, and they have uh, or on my computer at home and on my computer at work, and they have the visual representation that shows them moving the data from the outside of your hard drive yeah. to the inside of it. Yep. And you're like, yeah. It does start out kind of mick. It starts out like a puzzle. It starts out like puzzle pieces, and then it's one single colored puzzle. And that is that is the epitome of nerdage. <laughs> when you watch the fragments of your hard drive being brought together into one gigantic uh, series of concentric circles. <laughs> so the last kind of piece I'll talk about with you know types of journaling is, I I often find that if I um, if I'm just kind of writing a narrative down, it usually tends to be very boring. Like I. I sort of slip into like reporter mode almost. I'll say like, this is what I did today and this is this and this is that. Sometimes I find if I want to put something down that I know will need to be a little bit more kind of like either emotionally connected or uh, not have just a straightforward narrative, um, I'll sometimes address it to myself um, or sometimes to somebody else. Uh, I think it was Anne Frank's journal who she always, she always like put a, uh, like a salutation on it to, to somebody. Um, I kind of, so I kind of do that to myself. Just think about, you know, what, um, think about if I was to see somebody and what if I wanted to, if I wanted to say to them something, um, I find that I speak in a different sort of voice. So occasionally if I have something I specific, I need to say, I'll, I'll address it to, I'll be like, dear Andy or dear, I don't know, Will, something like that. Thanks buddy. Oh yeah. <laughs> no problem. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if, you've ever done that or if that has ever helped you or not, but no, but I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that tonight because you say, you know, that you do drop into the reporter, just the facts mode where I ate this today. I did this. I, and I, you know, I think that I'm going to, I'm going to try that this evening. Andy Welfley, I am going to, uh, address a letter, albeit to it or to be to my wife or to myself or to somebody. I'm going to, I'm going to try that this evening. You see, you have inspired me. Awesome. I am going to, uh, that you're my hero. Okay. Andy Welfley is my well-tuned <laughs> spirit animal.com. That's going to happen too. Um, no, so I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah. and I think that's going to provide a, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I feel like, I feel like a Muppet. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm actually going to, as soon as we end the podcast here, I'm going to head towards bed. And I think that I'm going to 
fill out my hobo Nietzsche this evening in a uh, maybe it'll be a, maybe it'll be my dear Andy letter. <laughs> it's like a dear John letter. It's just like a dear John just letter. Like only it. it's only it's Andy, <laughs> and it's written both digitally and in analog form. I'll, I'll write it, and then I'll scan it in and use OCR to pull the text. Perfect, perfect. And then I'll I'll post that up in the Slack network for you. <laughs> Uh, but speaking of posts, one more time before we go that direction, you can find the show notes for the show, which are copious. Yes. We are show notes fanatics. They are copious, and they are at nerduprising.co slash dot grid slash two. Uh, famous last words, Andy Wuffley? Um, I... You put me on the spot. I don't know. I don't have any famous last words. I, I figured you were going to go with something like, I too enjoy cheese. I really <laughs> felt like the direction you were going, which I don't. So that would have been incorrect. You don't enjoy cheese? I don't, man. That's going to be that, that. No, I don't eat cheese. <sighs> don't don't like it. All right. No. Cheese on, cheese on pizza, milk on cereal, ice cream. You keep the other dairy stuff away from me. Well, when you come Just visit, when you come visit, we'll have a lot of Japanese food or something. There's no cheese there. That's fine. Yeah, man. What, whatever you want to do. We'll do that. We can do seafood. I assume if you live so close to the water that there's got to be something with a face on it. That's pretty good. That I, that I can eat. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, yeah. We'll do, that's, that's, that's another true. conversation. Cheese does not have, have a face. Point. It doesn't. You can't trust it. You can't. The cheese you can't stands tr- alone. The, the cheese stands alone or you can't trust a cheese without a face. It's too bad we already have a show title. It's true. Because that would have been wonderful. I, if we had an IRC channel, they would be blowing up with uh, possible titles for the episodes right now. <laughs> um, if, I, if I were to want to, I don't know, throw random show title ideas at you on the internet, what would be the best way for me to do that? Um, probably Twitter would be really good. Uh, that would be, uh, I'm at, a, at A-Wellfley, A-W-E-L-F as in Frank, L-E. And How about if you? you oh, sorry. If you wanted, no, it's okay. If you wanted to throw random show titles at me, I too prefer them in the uh, 140 characters or less uh, limitations. Uh, I am actually now once again tweeting from my name, which is at Will Fangy. We can finally w- hold you accountable for everything you have said. Well, I checked with the county, and they said that uh, as long as I wasn't friends with anyone under the age of 18 that I had previously or were currently teaching, I was allowed to have a public profile on everything. Oh. So yeah. as long as I'm not stirring up the waters and you know causing any issues that have parents come in and go, did you see what he said on the internet? So you can find me at... Uh, Will Fengi, W-I-L-L-F, like in Frank, A-N-G-U-Y. Uh, we also have multiple Twitter accounts. There's one for the Nerd Uprising Network at nerd underscore uprising, which is where you can find me on Instagram because that's where I'm going to continue to work on Instagram. Some things are sacred. Definitely. Uh, plus, there's plenty of people that are following us that just don't care about pictures of my dogs or my breakfast. Uh, you can reach Andy and I both simultaneously if you uh, send us a tweet uh, at dot grid podcast that blows up both of our phones and our computers and typically we are in a race to see who can respond to you first and in the quirkiest way possible. Um, you can always get in touch with us via email at feedback at nerduprising.co. Uh, we're going to hopefully put down another one of these here in a couple of weeks to have out to our droves and droves of listeners. We Tell us what you want to hear. In all seriousness, I cannot say thank you enough to everyone who has once again made it through an hour of our rambling and has continued to say nice things on Twitter. Please tell us what you want to hear about. If there's an analog digital topic that you want us to kind of toss back and forth, if there's someone you'd like to hear on the show, uh, I want to, you know, I say this in all modesty, but we, we do have some pretty awesome guests that are, um, 
interested in coming in and, and talking to Andy and myself, well, talking to Andy and just having me sit in the back and say, uh-huh, uh-huh, <laughs> because Andy, Andy Welfley's our golden goose. He's, I, he's I, bringing in all the people. I don't he believe brings, you can go for a second just sitting in the back and going, uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, it is your milkshake, Andy Welfley. It brings all the bringing, boys to the yard. Is it bringing all of the boys <laughs> and, and the occasional lady My to the yard as well? My milkshake is fleek. <laughs> Your milkshake is fleek. That's the show title, <laughs> and we're out. Andy Welfley, have a wonderful rest of the you day. You too. All right, man. <laughs> Bye.